0: Hello everyone, this particular episode is an interview that we did with a Bitcoin educator, influencer, and content creator uh, called Bitcoin Frankie. She is awesome, her content is also awesome, and her story is amazing. So anyone who has been through the pandemic and had to ruminate and sit down and think about their finances and think about how they can preserve their wealth. This is your inspiration. Because Bitcoin Frankie's story of how she fell in love with Bitcoin begins when the pandemic enabled all of us to sort of sit down and rethink our lives. And um, in this case, Bitcoin Frankie fell in love with Bitcoin. Another thing that I love about her is she saw a problem in the Bitcoin space, in the content creation space of Bitcoin, and she decided to solve it and she did. So I follow her account on Instagram and I love the content that she's putting out because it's it's fun, joyful, playful and everything that uh, I haven't seen in the Bitcoin space before. So it's amazing to see her content and what she's putting out there. And lastly, her passion for Bitcoin is amazing. you hear it you, even if you're not watching the video you will hear her passion just shine from from her her voice and it was amazing to hear how she came across bitcoin and just hear about her story so we thoroughly enjoyed listening to her story and talking to her and you will too pretty sure so let's dive in
1: The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and the guests interviewed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are solely their own. The content discussed are intended to be for informational purposes only.
0: Welcome, Bitcoin Frankie, to the show. Where are you joining us from? I am in sunny Austin, Texas. Oh, I like how you preface that, <laughs> sunny
1: Austin, Texas, as
2: opposed to wintry Austin, Texas, like a month ago. Yes, it,
1: the sun is out. I, I should be outside like loving on it and letting it love on me
0: oh amazing were you did you move there because of the like tech boom in austin texas or were you were you there and you attracted it (laughs) i think
1: i attracted it come on austin no i've been in austin since 2004 wow yep i i was born and raised in texas and i knew that i wanted to be in austin so I came down here way back when there was any surprises and really any tech community. So
0: that is amazing. Did you convince Elon Musk, uh, you know, to Tusk tes- get into Bitcoin? No, but I do live downtown and I,
1: I can I swear I've seen him drive. I live on Fifth Street and he lives just down the street, but I've seen him in his vehicle. <laughs> really? That's pretty cool. Yeah. I look forward to him like networking with our community. And if you've been in Austin for a while, you're kind of like in the know already. And so I, f- I do have this feeling that I will at some point be in the same room with him, maybe have a conversation,
0: you know.
2: He's going to walk into <laughs> yeah. the room of a Bitcoin meetup someday. And- yeah,
0: I was just going to say, you could invite him to attend one of your Bitcoin vestibes groups, perhaps per- uh, in Austin, Texas, when you host one. For sure. he's. I'm going to see him somewhere. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. So we know you, we've heard you speak on a lot of clubhouse rooms. We see you run the social media channel, Bitcoin Besties, and we want you to introduce yourself to our audience as to, you know, what, what got you to come to Bitcoin? What inspired you to become Bitcoin Frankie? (laughs) Okay.
1: I, I ran a 12 year old agency for 12 years. And it's just starting to rebound. But this has been one year after lockdowns. It was an event staffing agency. So we had to basically go to events. And as you all know, events were just kind of thrown out out of the window. I mean... Guys, I was prepared for a recession. I was not prepared for a pandemic, and I, I really just had no clue what to do. But what I did know is that I needed to figure out where I was going to put my money to make mm-hmm. sure that, like it, that like my goal was like, okay, well, if I can't actually make money, how can I put it to use? You know, how can my dollars make me more dollars? Is the um, idea that I had. How can you preserve? And, it? Yeah, how can you preserve your wealth? Absolutely, they say that in Bitcoin all the time. And in my head, like, how do my how do my dollars multiply? <laughs> that's what I need to figure out. Like all of you dollars have a job, and it's to make more dollars. <laughs> so figure it out. And that's exactly what I did. I, I remembered that there was this these Bitcoins and these Ethereum coins that I was invested in from my um, brother-in-law who was really into crypto back then. And me, I'm a gambler by nature, so I'm like, I'm going to put some money into it. And then meanwhile, you know, living my life, I meet a man who becomes my boyfriend and he's really into Bitcoin and crypto and all this stuff. And here I am still running a business, doing my thing, kind of minding my own business. Well, when shutdowns took place, I remembered what he's saying about Bitcoin. I remembered that I purchased it a while back and now I'm kind of like, let me, let me like see if I can log into my accounts. You know, I left my, I left the Bitcoin's on the exchange which i know now is a no-no um but i i went in and i took a look and i'm like wow okay what's happening here <laughs> like hmm, why is it doing this like i'm just kind of shocked you know and i'm like okay maybe this is really really interesting like so interesting that i just wanted to spend like the next 24 to 72 hours understanding why it was doing what it was doing and so um i i immediately downloaded Amazon's block Bitcoin and blockchain book because it was something that I could get my hands on before the um, before Saifa Dean's book had could arrive at my doorstep through book form. So I listened to that audio and then I read the Bitcoin Standard and I was hooked almost immediately. Not just because what I saw it was doing to my account, but also what it would do for the world. You know, just completely change the internet. And uh, I don't know. I was I was too interested in this whole blockchain experience. And um, yeah, that's what kind of started my obsession for Bitcoin and and, uh, the tech that runs it.
0: That is so amazing to hear. Just, you know, your entire story of how you initially wanted to find something to make your money work for you. Um, And like, I would almost say that the pandemic has kind of given a lot of people, if we were to look at the optimistic and positive side, the time to sit down and really think about the things that we've all wanted to do, but we just didn't get the time to do that. Yes. (laughs) And, and like, I also really like how I actually want to ask you about this. What do you mean by my, your, your background in gambling?
1: Oh, gambling. Okay. So prior to starting my agency, I, uh, I was a poker dealer and for for like years until then I started an underground poker poker game in Austin. And so I've just always been around I guess you know the conversations I've learned a lot about money and business through the conversations at a poker table to be honest. I don't have a college or university degree. Everything that I've learned has been from the people that I've surrounded myself with, with you know. So um well, actually someone at the poker table gave me Rich Dad Poor Dad as a gift. Yeah. For like being the young human that you are, read this book. And I'm so glad that he did because it changed my life, you know? And that's also new that I needed to put all my dollars to work for me. Um, you know, my business was thriving and doing well. And, um, what it was thriving and doing well. And I realized that the money that I was making in my business was actually more money than my real estate was providing me. So I ended up selling two homes in order to put the money into my business and like really take it to that next level. Well, when the pandemics happened and lockdowns occurred, I was like, okay, what is going to give me more return on my dollar than the business would have given me, which is why I sold the real estate. And so um, the more that I learned about Bitcoin, the more I realized that it had 230% annualized returns year after year, it has returned 900% over the last decade. Like that is way more than any performing asset ever, you know, in the last 10
0: years. So it's like, it's a win-win situation here. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love the amount of passion that you were ex- you know, exuding while talking about Bitcoin. So
2: it, it kind of sounds like you you went from being a passive investor to being a true believer and just totally getting addicted and hooked on to the information. It's, it's the Bitcoin rabbit hole experience that we hear so commonly. and. Uh, it, it, it happens for like at a different time for everyone. For us, it was like a two year experience, right? I learned about it in 2013, didn't get in until 2015. And like, what was that timeline for you like? Like, when did you uh, like acquire it first and then like get hooked? What was that timeline like?
1: The timeline must have been in 2017 Mm. is when, uh, my brother-in-law and my sister were like talking about it. And honestly, they, they know very little about it even today, but, um, they also like to gamble. (laughs) (laughs) I, I shouldn't say gamble because gambling to me actually feels like, you know what you're doing. You're just taking crazy risks. But, um, I think I saw poker from a different perspective, which was like, this is a game of math and odds. (laughs) So um, I feel like there's definitely a science to it. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how I feel about Bitcoin because when I really learned about it, when I did the deep dive and I did the research and I'm asked questions, I really felt more empowered and uh, feel very confident about placing my money into Bitcoin.
2: I love that you used those two words just now, empowered, and I forget yeah, the other one. Confident. Words. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, it's amazing <laughs> that it took you such a short period of time to be convinced. Um, in that period of time, did you ever think of, um, you know, ways that this could fail or think that you were going crazy being so invested sure. in this magic internet money? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's been, like, a I've, I've noticeable amount of times where I'm like, but
1: wait, what if? And then... I- and then, like, I would ask someone, and they would tell me something, or I'd hear it on uh, Clubhouse, and I'd go back and do my own research. So, a hundred percent. There's like, man, like, what if this actually happens? Well, then you just you dig a little deeper and see how can it happen, or how, or is it not going to happen? Or like, is what's the likelihood or the possibility of something like that actually happening? You know. But the funny, funny thing my girlfriends invited me over to like a potluck, but they wanted to sit me down and basically tell me that I was wildly crazy for going all in <laughs> on Bitcoin and just wanted me to be aware of my decisions of creating businesses around this internet money, which I, that was hilarious. I'm like, Oh my God, people think I'm crazy.
0: Huh? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. We've been there actually. <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have this experience where it's not uh quite so like active but we've been talking about bitcoin to our families for a long time and my sister is you know a born skeptic especially for everything that I do truly because she wants to see me succeed but she has a very different perspective of what I should be doing to to succeed. So I've I've been talking to Bitcoin about her no i no. I've been talking to her about Bitcoin <laughs> about but it could go <laughs> the well, other well, issue <laughs> Bitcoin. What do I tell you? Man my sister she's just not convinced um Anyway, I've been talking to my family and, you know, my sister would be like, Mickey, she calls me, Mickey, you should be working at Facebook. You should be working at Google. What are you doing with your life? And then when Elon Musk, you know, bought or Tesla bought $1.5 billion for the Bitcoin and everybody was talking about it. She messaged me, she's like, Mickey, I'm so proud of you. You've been doing this for a (laughs)
1: year Wow.
0: Immediately
1: credibility, right? Like what he did to level that up. It's like, okay, now that this is a serious person who's investing in Bitcoin, like maybe, you know, ears start to perk up at that at that point. Did you? When and the news dropped, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, for sure. In the news, you were saying? Yeah, no, in the news, when the news dropped, did you
0: guys get a few text messages? You know, uh, with- a,
1: a few. <laughs> like,
0: oh my god!
2: Just a couple.
0: I gotta say though, I got a little bit upset or not upset, but like I was a little, mm not angry. Oh, it's, a, it's kind
2: of like a punch in the gut, actually, because like we've been talking about this like nonstop for the last like three, two, two or three years. I'm sure
0: you've experienced this too. Like, and then you know when Elon Musk does it, when this notable figure out of the blue, not even you know MicroStrategy, even when he did it, our immediate friend circle wasn't like, okay, dude, like tell me about this. But when Elon Musk and Tesla did it, it was immediately you know instantly validated by a large number of people.
2: That's both like vindicating and frustrating at the same time.
0: What does vindicating
2: mean? Like satisfying, like, like, ah, like a nice sigh of relief. Sorry, Bitcoin. Frankie, go go ahead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, you guys can call me Frankie. I think the Bitcoin part is just to like really help myself align myself with Bitcoin companies, which ultimately is who I want to work with. But please call me Frankie.
2: (laughs) Frankie, from Um, now on, I'll do that.
1: (laughs) I feel like the majority of the population, they have an external frame of reference, mean, meaning that they need external validation from others. And that's okay. That's just how we learn. Yeah. But there's there's others who like have an internal frame. And so mm-hmm. when they know something, they just know it. And if you're on the camp of like just knowing it and doing the research and you just know that it's going in one direction, then you're likely the ones on this side who are like trying to tell people, but they they really do need to see it. You know, like with my parents, I just, said, look, you're not going to, you're not going to invest in Bitcoin. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send you some money through Venmo and you just put it into whatever stock vehicle that you're using right now. And they did that. And I think like over three months, my parents ended up putting like more into it from their savings because they realized what it was actually doing. And I think that's kind of some people just need to see it. If we, if we can meet them where, where they're at, then great. This is why I think the Bitcoin company should be giving away $10 at sign up, $25 at sign up or whatever the case is. That really helps, you know, for those validators who need it.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. There's a company in Canada, ShakeRate an Exchange, and uh, they only sell Bitcoin and Ethereum. And uh, when, if you get referred to ShakeRate or refer someone, you can shake your phone every single day and you get snapped. That's uh, <laughs> like fifteen. That Canadian. sounds cool. We're, oh my gosh, we've been shaking for a wet, <laughs> shake, what? Shake, shake,
2: oh. shake, 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 <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> shake.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's shaking sets. I think, you you're on a what? Two
2: hundred and thirty day streak or something yep. like that. So like, I'm making my way up to a year. But they started <laughs> wow. well, like back like two hundred thirty days ago. I was getting like <laughs> seventy five hundred sats, which is like six or seven dollars <laughs> now, right? But at the Whoa. time, it was between a dollar and dollar fifty, right? So the more days in a row you shake. The, uh, the, the more Satoshis that they give you, and now it's topped out at 1500 just simply because Bitcoin's risen by a factor of five of six, seven, eight, nine. And
0: they're probably getting a lot of people on there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah, to and shake and their and
2: millions and millions. Of, but yeah, I, I agree. Like, we, we basically need to give it away at this point, um, but also teach people how to use it. And I think the people that, like, really deserve... To, to get it given to them or are the people that put on, put in the work uh, of the upfront like knowledge that's required or like take that 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 dip uh, their toe in the water
0: yeah well just in our experience um i mean what what's your experience been frankie because you can give bitcoin to people to introduce it to them and you know they may not be as receiving or receptive to learn about bitcoin it's
2: that whole force in the water thing yeah
0: or you can give it and or or an end, you can give it to people that are curious, but are a little bit afraid to take that first step. So just kind of to uh, nudge them a little bit, you can give them Bitcoin. And I almost find that it's more effective to give it to people that are already a bit curious instead of forcing it upon someone. What has been your experience? Yeah, you know, hmm. so from
1: what I'm hearing from you, the question is... Um, You know, is it better to incentivize people who are not interested in Bitcoin at all? Or is it better to incentivize those who are at least a bit curious? I think it's definitely who's a bit curious. You know, um, if it's at a festival and I handed out a thousand flyers that say, hey, sign up and get, you know, $10 worth of Bitcoin, we might get one to 3% of people who actually do it. And why? It's because, hey, they've been hearing about this Bitcoin thing. They're going to get some free Bitcoin. Might as well do it now since I, I've i got this flyer. So, right. yeah, I definitely think it's going to be those people. <laughs> right. I, 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 almost
0: like kind of going back to when you were talking about when you were learning and reading Septine and Moses' book, um, You, there was a point in time where you probably knew this, but you realized that fiat or government currency isn't really backed by anything but the authority of the government. And there is this uh, survey that Brad actually did. Um, Brad Mills. Brad Mills. Yeah. And it's on his podcast as well. In that survey, he said that he found that 25% of the population know that their, their money is not backed by gold. So 75% of the population, this is only in America. So 75% of the population is still under the impression that the dollar is backed by gold which is mind blowing because wow. that's kind of one of the arguments that people bring up too like oh at least the dollar is backed by gold at least stocks are backed by some sort of um, company, company or the return something of value yeah. so when yeah what's what's your take on that like what have you um, experienced in that sense
1: well i my feeling honestly is that they're going to even if they do learn that the fiat dollar is not backed by gold they're going to ask themselves this question they're going to ask themselves why is this a problem right and that's that's the truth why is this a problem because to them it's not a problem right now they are you they they are we all have this like trust somehow in the government that our dollar is going to be worth a dollar forever mm-hmm. and like they just don't understand how it's not a problem or they're not seeing it not seeing it in their daily purchases. They're really understanding that aspect of it. But I think because the first question we ask ourselves is how is this a problem? If it's not an actual problem momentarily, then it, it's not a problem. And I and that's the hard part. It's, it's like helping others see that this could potentially be a big problem. It's a problem
0: now and it, it could be an even bigger problem in the future. I really like that way of thinking. Yeah, I and,
2: like that answer too.
0: Yeah, and with respect to um, the the stimulus checks that Canada <laughs> and the United States have been giving out to their people, um, I remember reading in one of the blog posts that someone was saying, um, someone who wasn't aware of Bitcoin, the way that they got introduced to it was because once they figured or realized that, oh, the government is hanging out free money to people because we're laid out from, okay, wait, where is this money coming from? Wait, you can just print money out of thin air? Uh, why do I pay taxes if you can just make money uh, whenever you want to or out of thin air? That's and
2: such a dangerous realization. It
0: is such oh, a dangerous realization. I think I that just
1: hit me hard. Why am I paying taxes if you're just printing more money? Oh.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and that was kind of I didn't even <laughs> I didn't consider it from that angle. <laughs> well, that was somebody's story because I, I was listening, I was reading this blog post and they were talking about. The way that I was introduced to Bitcoin is because this happened, like the stimulus checks were being sent to people. And then I was curious, Okay, where is this money coming from? Why? Why is the the government giving us free money? And then the realization of, oh, it was just printed. I'm I'm going to layer on that
2: like that problem set there just by drawing attention to the fact that like education in, in the States, as far as I understand it, is underfunded. So like, why do you pay taxes, A, and B, if you can print money, why don't you print money for, for education? I mean, America used to be at like top 10 in, in the world for, for educated individuals. And, and they're like, that's a declining statistic now, as far as I understand. It's like, it's weird, right? You pay taxes and you think it's going to to all these like social, social good things, but socially good things. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's.
1: Yeah, it feels really like. Good. That does not feel good. Damn it.
2: <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs>
1: Dang it. Dang. Frankie, yeah. how
2: do you think Bitcoin actually addresses this, either abstractly or directly?
1: How does it? Uh, ask me again.
2: Yeah. How does Bitcoin <laughs> like even come close to addressing it? It it, it might not, uh, but like for, from my perspective, it it does, but in a more abstract sense.
1: Hmm. How does it address what specifically
2: <laughs> like systemic issues with with money i I, I would say just uh, like the the broadening income inequality gap um, wealth wealth gap in, in general do, do you feel like it it addresses this problem in any any way shape or form I know some people feel one way about it and uh, and not the other
1: Well, I think like it just it get, it get it gets us back to like that person to person nature of giving and receiving. like it it gets us back to that trust situation where we believe, well, actually, I feel like that answer doesn't really answer the question you're
0: asking. I find that I don't understand your question either. Hey, to be honest, That's key. perfectly
2: fine. It could be a completely nonsensical question.
0: <laughs> no. Okay, so No, I'm no, sorry. no. I think it is a good
1: question. I I do see I do understand the question, but I'm trying to understand like the bigger picture, you know, like and I, sometimes I have a hard time cuz I go like 20 years into the future versus like what does the next 5 years look like, which I don't think there's going to be um, that much amount of change. But you know, I start thinking of like microeconomies, I mean, way far out into the future and how a lot of this will,
0: you know, change. But I just I don't really have a good answer for you.
2: No, that's okay. Do
0: you mean with respect to taxes though, or just um like Bitcoin used for governance?
2: Um, yeah, I guess what I'm asking is uh, what what is the big picture? I like to hear the 20 year outlook and and what impact do you think it has 20 years from now? Do you even think it'll be around? I know I hear a lot that that people think that Bitcoin, oh, it's dead, it's archaic technology, like it's not going anywhere. Uh, 20 years from now, there's going to be some whiz bang blockchain that we don't even know about, and it's got, totally going to kick kick a Bitcoin out of its its number one spot. Um, but what does that yeah. macro picture look like for you
1: <laughs> I hope that is not the case with bitcoin
2: right um, <laughs> I mean
1: <laughs> if we're looking at like apocalyptic type where like the the do- the value of the dollar just totally devalues that's why I, I, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to think of a world where they both exist together and right. so I, I'm trying right. to like take the fiat dollar out and think what does a bitcoin world look like and that is still very challenging to me. I think if it, if we were living a bit standard, then we we might have more reliance on like smaller communities where we kind of band together with our people and um,
2: Do you know of El Zonte? Have you heard of El Zante, Bitcoin Beach?
1: No. Oh, actually I had read something about it, but I don't know very much. No.
2: Yeah, you would love that. Then if you if you're interested in Bitcoin and how it can be used in microeconomies, that's that's the study. That's the case study right there.
0: They're doing it? Oh, they're, it's it's yeah. happening in
2: El Salvador. Well,
0: yeah, there's a small place called El Zante in El Salvador. And um there so Michael Peterson, the story is amazing. Um, and I'm gonna try to make it as short as possible while <laughs> delivering as much as of the story as possible. So Michael Peterson is a director of Bitcoin Beach, and the story goes as this. He used to spend summers with his family in El Zante and he really wanted to do something to help out the community of El Zante um, and he was also into Bitcoin he discovered Bitcoin and was sold into the idea you know, a couple of years later we've actually done an interview with him so if you listen to that episode you'll you'll know the expanded version um, but then like he really wanted to do something for the community and an anonymous donor donated um, a sum of Bitcoin some
2: unknown amount of Bitcoin, unknown yeah.
0: amount of Bitcoin to wow. Bitcoin Beach, that's to Vector, to run
2: this experiment,
0: to yeah, to to just essentially see whether an entire economy can be run solely on Bitcoin. So he took on the challenge because he did want, he loved that area anyway, and um, they have been successful. The, the story is also amazing on as to how they got people to accept this <laughs> currency. Do they have no laws like from the government?
1: That's interesting, right? It's, it's like, are we still trying to have a Bitcoin standard under the umbrella of government protection that is a very good question
2: i think so part of the point of a bitcoin standard is that whatever government imposed sanctions or controls or regulations um may exist it doesn't exactly matter Uh, like that's kind of the the conclusion i inevitably come back like anytime i try to uh like steel man my argument that that bitcoin is indestructible i I go and like okay can the government actually do something about this if we were to have a bitcoin standard and i keep on arriving at no and i I haven't had a a good collection of arguments against that
0: yeah well i guess india uh we'll see what happens in (laughs) india if the ban does go through oh i know i'm super interested in that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, but with respect to Alzante, I think what they did was that they, like the locals, transacted in Bitcoin themselves. And then, first things like paying the electricity bill and the water bill and whatever groceries bill, uh, needed to be paid to the government, that was uh, paid in their local currency. Right. And um, so it was, yeah.
2: It's really fascinating because I used the Lightning Network, too. And they tried to teach the older generation how to use Bitcoin. And then the older generation was really timid about it. So then they recruited the uh, the youth of this community and engaged them and got them. Like Michael Peterson also has a... um, like an affinity to help the youth stay out of organized crime. And so he's kind of like recruited these young individuals who, you know, as you know, Ooh, pick, God,
0: Bitcoin right away. Right. Um, you're
2: like, this is internet money. They're like, oh, okay, good. Awesome. Let's use it. it. <laughs> and then they went yeah, out and, and started it spending in- it.
1: My in-game currencies for 10 years.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, I think it'd be really interesting if El Zante would be uh, replicated in other parts of the world. Like I'd love to see it. Mm-hmm in in communities in America. I think that would be uh, an epic social experiment. Well,
0: that's what Isaiah Jackson talks about uh, in his book, Bitcoin in Black America. He, uh, have you oh, gotten a know. chance to read it? No, I saw, I saw that he had
1: a book. Yeah,
0: read. okay. It is a page turner because when we had him over on our podcast, we uh, we kind of read through as much of the book as possible because it didn't get here in time. And anyway, Frankie... It was so hard to put down because his story is just so powerful and empowering because he kind of, you know, brings the the whole um, scenario of, okay, cool. Like I was skeptical of this at first, but it led me to be more curious about it. I experimented. I held a little, I saw uh, what was the, the six big one, Bitcoin went up to $600. Was that in 2016?
2: No, that'd be in 2015,
0: 2014. Okay. There we go. Like he went through that and that's what caught more of his attention. And then he analyzed how adopting Bitcoin can help black communities across America. So I want to
1: read, I will totally read it. I love page turners and um, it comes highly recommended. So definitely.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. So coming back to your story, um, you know, when you, when you were like, head deep you were convinced this bitcoin is the future what sort of steps did you take to um like expand your knowledge base because i can see in you you are so committed and so sold into you know loving bitcoin do you want to make this part of your career a huge part of your career so tell us what you've done so i think the steps are you know being
1: convinced that this is an area that you want to learn more about, because I also believe that there's so much that you can learn. And I'm like, I am an autodidact. I love to learn wherever I can. And I felt like Bitcoin actually gave me the opportunity to not just learn about Bitcoin, um, the the tech part of it, which is a whole area that you can like really dive into, but also just The history of money and economics in a way that i've never really considered it and that part was really interesting to me i'm kind of getting past that and i'm like kind of creeping into crypto so i'm starting to learn a lot about different projects i'm really trying to understand layer one layer two and and the companies that are building on top of bitcoin and so there's just so much to learn and because i'm i love learning this just gives me a lot to do. I mean, I'm spending my entire day is I'm working on Bitcoin related things and my company is like sprinkling in, there's some stuff going on, which is nice. Uh, but I really like, am, am geared towards building businesses in this space.
0: That is so amazing to hear. One thing that you said, sent shivers down my spine uh, because I was recently listening to a video, um, it was records. I don't know his first name. But he was talking about how Bitcoin, uh, the people that invest in it and the people that buy, they don't understand money. And he's written a book on currency wars, I think it's called. Anyway, he was talking about how the, you know, the average Bitcoiner doesn't know about money, doesn't know about economies. And that is why Bitcoin would fail. He was making an argument for Bitcoin not continuing to be what it is. And when you said that, true. It, it just was like... That's not true. Like the critics of Bitcoin have it wrong because Bitcoin is what inspires everyday people to teach themselves about money.
2: Yeah. The, the, yeah, in my experience that you like Ooh, the people that that was I talked to said. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. When you talk to Bitcoiners, they they actually do know at, like at least the basics or the fundamentals. Like for me, I it took learning about money to understand why Bitcoin's important. Otherwise, I was distracted by lots of these other altcoin projects, right? It was my lack of knowledge of what money actually is that led me to go look at these other altcoins and getting really enticed or um, motivated by the gains. But then I came back to Bitcoin because I was like really philosophically enthralled with it on on a deeper level
1: yeah but i think with just the other altcoins like to me it's not even about the altcoins to me it's like how can i build a business in this in this with this new yeah. technology you know blockchain and so so many people are doing it regardless if the money situation is strange or weird right now like they're doing it they are cre- they are creating value and there's a demand for that value because they're getting paid for it to me right. that's incredible i'm like okay great i can i've i've worked 16 years in a service based industry 12 years running a business where I literally am working with people at all times. Like this tech seems like a really great way to kind of steer my, my interest and direction as an entrepreneur to me. I don't know. I really am super jazzed up and excited about it. I feel like there's a lot of innovation that's going to take place and I don't know, I don't know all the answers, but I want to be there for and understand it.
0: Oh, that's amazing to hear. Do you find that um, like the technology as you're starting to learn more about it, there's an aspect of the lack of third parties and the ability to facilitate what you want right on the platform that enables you to do what you want to do in the first place. Do you find that that is advantages to your business?
1: Well, to, to my business, like to what I'm working on as a content creator, mm-hmm. I f- feel, well, hmm,
0: Maybe you'll find out too, because like with respect to the money, uh, like one of the things that was so fascinating about Bitcoin is it's peer, it's direct cash. If I wanted to send you cash, you're in Austin right now, we're in Halifax. We I could w- do that. I wouldn't be able to send you physical cash, but I could send you digital I mean, cash, yeah. And, and we would, you know, surpass the banks. So because would-
2: we're also content creators. So, right, so it would be natural for us to work together, and it, now it's easier than ever for us to, to to do that and exchange whatever monetary value between us that that makes sense,
0: so with respect to you know the projects that you're discovering, are you seeing that you can leverage them um, without using several third parties that would that you would have to go through in order to leverage these projects?
1: I no, I guess not. Like it's very it's very straightforward. You know, you're working with the actual company. Um, I guess what I was thinking when you asked me the question early on was uh, like, you know, companies like Stacks, which offers a platform where you can build applications on, which to me, you know, I I go back and I think about the, the old days in the internet. I could never, you know, create my own website back in the day. That was for the coders who knew like all the tech pieces. But now I could go to WordPress and download a theme and like create, create a, um, a website. I, I almost feel like that's what's happening on the blockchain. Like The techie guys are figuring it out and they're building technology to help people who maybe don't have so much tech background build on the infrastructure. And that's why we see so many projects with Ethereum because Ethereum has allowed companies to easily build on top of them. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next five years, actual technology, you know, I'm interested to see where Stacks Foundation goes with their layer one um, solution on as a side chain to Bitcoin and the ecosystem that they're building to build on top of Bitcoin. You know, I think we'll see more DeFi on it and we'll really start to like see things move
0: in. Right on. You, you brought us, so I, since you brought up Ethereum, I wanted to ask you, so when you have inspired your friends to go take a look at Bitcoin, maybe even buy some, have they come back to you and said, sure, Frankie, but what about Ethereum and what about Ripple and what about Litecoin? Uh,
2: XRP. (laughs) It's it's called XRP.
0: (laughs) I mean,
1: I am like a no to XRP and Ripple because I mean, obviously there's a lot of use cases that it doesn't work and that it's not like trustworthy. So that's a hard no for me. When it comes to Ethereum, I see the value in the fact that it's a marketplace. Well, no, sorry. I wouldn't even say it's a marketplace, but it's a technology that allows others to build on it. People who are building on it, there's a clear demand for those services. So there is value there, right? So for me, I'm like, look, learn like research and learn because there is demand for these services that are building on ethereum and i can't i'm not the type of person to like just not see it i see that there is value creation there and so yeah i'm i'm all about people doing their own research and coming back and making decisions for themselves when it comes right to on. ethereum
0: yeah that makes sense with respect to bitcoin though like have you found um a- Like personally, I would say that someone says and they come to me and they say, do you recommend X, Y, Z with respect to other cryptocurrencies? And they say, "Okay, but wait, wait, like besides Bitcoin, do you recommend something else? Um, So I'm curious when people come to you, um, do you still offer Bitcoin, not offer, but um, do you talk about Bitcoin as a recommendation or is it like a no, 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 take a look at Bitcoin uh, before you go to anything else?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm like, buy Bitcoin. You to <laughs> Just buy Bitcoin. For sure. hundred percent. And honestly, I'm very hesitant to recommend any coin. I don't think I've recommended any single coin, maybe other than like stacks. And I think part of that is because I'm, I feel I'm very close to the project. And so that's also what people have to realize is like, look, who are you getting your advice from? You don't know where they're at in their journey, so do your own research first yeah. of all. But like for me, I'm I am close to the Stacks Foundation, I, I and and um, the ecosystem. So I like Stacks coin. And if someone close to me asks me like, what are other coins? I might say Stacks for sure. You know, STX. Do that. But um, but but no, I'm like very hesitant to recommend any coins out in public. Like I feel like I don't know. There's a lot there. <laughs>
0: That makes a lot of sense so i've been following your instagram page bitcoin frankie i love the theme it's so joyful and playful and colorful i also love the theme it's so different from all of the other pages that talk about bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies what was the inspiration behind starting bitcoin frankie or bitcoin besties Okay, so when I got really
1: involved in Bitcoin, I already knew that I was going to create a business on Bitcoin. Why not, right? In the space. Um I started looking at different Instagram pages to see where I can get contact cuz as a female, I get a lot of my content from Instagram. I don't it's just like where all my friends are at and so it's what I don't look at Facebook, you know. So I was on Instagram and I was looking at the the accounts and so many of them were just like super masculine maybe not even masculine it's probably not a good word but they were just very um i don't
0: know some of them were like distasteful
2: <laughs> i remember Murga pointed out one that's that- a
0: very that's a that's a very smart <laughs> word to use they are just some of them are distasteful some of them I mean. and yeah. he, and you know what like it, it's in yeah so for me i was just like you know what
1: i can have some different content that content that is not distasteful. <laughs> I just really wanted more of a feminine touch, mostly, like a little bit of softer side. and and um that's what that was like the inspiration for Bitcoin besties. I literally like one Sunday night, I just got this idea and, and I made like 20 tiles on on my on my computer and I'm like, okay, this is kind of fun. And I was just jamming out to music. You know, I was like drinking a glass of wine. I just like was loving my life and I was creating this tiles. And um, I realized very quickly that people responded well to them. And then actually that's what's kind of been building. The thing that I'm doing right now, you know, was I had a little inkling to like create something that was a little soft and um, it's been going really well. I did a content um, promotion with Lolly the other day, which worked out really well. I got paid as an influencer. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought that was great. I, you know, I'm working with a company right now on their clubhouse strategy. So like more to come on that in a few weeks, but a lot of that has come from just like my outpour of love for um, Bitcoin you know my engagement with the community and like building just cool creative tiles that
0: make feel good and i do them on the weekends that is amazing to hear i i love that little story because you actually you saw what um you said so politely i love it <laughs> <laughs> you saw that some of the pages were distasteful and distasteful in what they were conveying to the audience and um like i've noticed that too and i don't like the narrative that it spins because it it's um it's not a very welcoming narrative to people that don't adhere to the distasteful posts. So I love that you, you know, said no to that. And he's like, you, like, I can see you say, that's it. like I'm just gonna do this thing on my own and I will show the world what else can also exist in the Bitcoin and crypto space. So you went out and did something and it's growing (laughs) up and it's amazing. And thank you for doing that. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And I feel also,
1: you know, it wasn't a hundred percent that that was a big piece of it. The other part was a lot of these, um, Instagram accounts are all about crypto trading and that is very intimidating. Even for me, like I don't trade crypto and I didn't really want to like learn about crypto from that perspective. And from that angle, like I thought, you know, I really like. Bitcoin. It's kind of exciting. I mean, it's really exciting. I learn about crypto through Bitcoin. And that was really the um, differentiator for me to um, create something that we can all learn from Bitcoin. So,
0: I love what you said there. I wanted to learn about crypto from Bitcoin. That's amazing. Yes. 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 So, with respect to bitcoin, um I like I kind of still want to know, um when people come to you about criticism about Bitcoin, what sort of do you have like answers that are in your stack that you're just like, "Oh, it's this one again. Oh, someone's saying Bitcoin's a Ponzi scheme. I have that answer ready. Like what are some of those common questions I guess people come to you with that are criticisms towards Bitcoin
1: man, i don't I don't have a list of criticisms. I feel like everyone and I I feel so indifferent about this too, because I feel like everyone is on their own learning journey. You know, if people are ready to learn about Bitcoin and they reach out to me and they're asking me like legit questions, it's because they've, they've, they've like decided to believe in it. You know, I haven't really had any naysayers who are like really trying to challenge me on, on Bitcoin. Although I do believe they will come, you know, there's, there's a few influencers that I keep in touch with and I see like some of the troll trolling taking place on their account. I was like, I am not there right now, (laughs) but it's coming. It probably is coming. Um, honestly, I just tell people to do their, do their own research and they're going to do what feels right for them anyways. You know, I've been telling my best friend to buy Bitcoin since it was $12,000 and she still has not bought Bitcoin. So she's going to be ready when she's ready, you know, and it's really challenging to like, try to, change someone's mind about things like this. It'll happen. You know, I bet you a lot of people were converted when Elon Musk invested $1.5. So yeah, it's going to, I'm going to keep talking about it and sharing the love and, you know, pushing that energy out. But again, it's, it's going to attract people who
0: are ready to like really want to know the answers. Yeah, can totally empathize. Keegan, you've been in Bitcoin for longer. You have a couple of stories of how you've <laughs> tried to convince people from way before. Yeah, it's
2: a big journey. And again, so the the twelve thousand dollars that you were speaking about with your friend, that was the same thing. But for me, it was five hundred dollars, and it was a group of my friends that I was like telling about it. As like, listen, look, just even buy fifty bucks. Just like you can afford it, it's like no, no, no. I've got loans and like I'm a poor student. It's like yeah, but but fifty bucks. That's one Saturday night of drinking. Don't yep. go out this this Saturday. Just buy Bitcoin and look, they would have uh, what would that be now? Seven thousand dollars Canadian, and it's just uh, it's bananas. It's really frustrating. But like you said, I've I've got empathy for the journey. It's everyone's on their own journey. I learned about Bitcoin when it was fifty bucks, and I didn't buy until it was five hundred. So right, I <laughs> Oh, poor
1: <too>. you! <laughs> exactly
2: right. Yeah, poor me. the The thing is that we're all still early. Like even now, today, with Bitcoin sitting at sixty k USD, like that's that's early. That's my 20, 20 year perspective.
0: I agree. <laughs> what, Keegan? Don't you think that Bitcoin's going to go to zero?
2: Bitcoin's definitely going <laughs> to zero.
0: It's going to go to zero before it goes to 100K. Don't be spreading FUD. <laughs> I was trying to mimic Peter Schiff, but I don't think it did a very good, a very good mimic of oven.
1: Man, but, it's, so, it's so funny. I actually got into gold pretty seriously one year because of Peter Schiff. So I used to listen to his podcast and all the things. And I think it's hilarious how wrong he is about Bitcoin. But I also think that, there's a part of me that feels like he knows what's up. He probably is sitting on some Bitcoin for sure. And part of part of the whole play, I don't know. To me, I feel that way for some reason. But that'd be weird. Actually, that's kind of weird to think that he would, right? Because then I'm think then I'm saying that he's like a liar.
2: No, no, I think you're right though. I think he's playing okay. well. Him and his son, like Peter Schiff, is the um, like the gold bug, and then his son Spencer Schiff is 100% into Bitcoin. And together they can play both sides, right? So Peter Schiff is selling to the gold bugs of the world and his son is selling or not, maybe not selling, but like
1: they're marketing talking to, to the opposite
2: exactly. Audience. And so they're, they're mm. winning on both sides, right? Like they're, they're playing a role. I mean, if, if I had a son, that would <laughs> that totally be what, No, I don't know. Uh, it'd be fun though, right? That'd be a fun little game that they could play. They're they're like totally trolling each other on social media. That doesn't necessarily. That's sound
1: hilarious. Like that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. My son's all Bitcoin, so he would never like. He would never. Yeah, we couldn't play that part. He's all Bitcoin right now. <laughs> yeah. Good now, for him. Wanted to do some marketing. You can convince. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, he's gonna be. I already have. I already have ideas. <laughs> oh, nice mascot bitcoin mascot yeah i mean he's tiny so, <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> when they're like seven or eight you're like mm, questionable <laughs> until they get a little older
0: <laughs> amazing um i think uh, isaiah jackson also had a um, baby recently and i've been following on instagram so he has this oh gosh what do babies wear like podgers jump toddler suits Yep. Whatever. and it said hodl me with a bitcoin symbol on top and nice.
2: that's adorable
0: the most adorable thing <laughs> like yes hodl bitcoin but also this cute baby in this baby that says hodl me it's amazing <laughs> right on so um where can bitcoin frankie where can people find you and learn from you
1: you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse. And um, the of Instagram is Bitcoin Besties, B-E-S-T-I-E-S. And um, I I am Frankie on
2: Clubhouse. I have one last question because I want to get in the gotcha. habit of asking all our guests this question.
0: I have more questions. Too you have right more questions? Right? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: it's, it's this. If you could orange pill anyone in the world, who would it be? And by orange Ooh. pill, I mean introduce to Bitcoin and like totally intoxicate them in like a matrix kind of way.
0: Ooh, I'll have to think about this.
2: Rika can ask well, a question while well, waiting. No,
0: while you're thinking, you said intoxicate me in my head, I'm thinking like Britney like, Spears. Get
2: drunk on Bitcoin. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm thinking intoxicate me now. Isn't that something similar? Toxic? Yes. yes. I don't know.
1: Oh, oh, maybe yes. My sister was all into Britney Spears.
0: I think it was Britney. Oh gosh, that's I might the be answer. Britney Spears
2: needs to be Bitcoined.
0: <laughs> Britney Spears needs to be Bitcoined. Isn't there something about that? Because I hear that on Peter Macarman's podcast, something about Britney Spears uh, and like his.
1: Oh yeah, it. he has a show. He does have a, sh- a new show all about Britney Spears. Peter I- Schiff
2: knows.
1: No, no. Peter McCormick. McCormick. Yes. Really? Yeah. Actually, I started listening to the podcast today with him and Robert uh, Breedlove. And yeah, he talks about that early on. I'm like, hmm, it must be good, though. Someone did start a clubhouse room about it, I think, not too long ago.
2: Do you think it's because it's of the whole, like in the inheritance situation with her and her father? Like they've got some, some issues with capital control, right? Her dad is making a claim over the investments that he made with Brittany's money early on in her life. And now like oh. he's claiming it's his money and not Brittany's money. And so like one one way that Bitcoin could help with that is just it it is Britney's money and she holds the private key and there's nothing that her dad can do to take that money from her. Like maybe that's what was that kind of the narrative in that that show? I don't know. That's just kind of like where my head goes off the surface.
1: I mean, yeah, that could be. I don't actually know. the. I don't know anything. I don't know a good summary of the show, but
0: yeah, that would be a good way to fix things. That's how Bitcoin fixes things. Yes. Right. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. My, I can't control some expressions that come on my face sometimes because <laughs> like the news of the world just surprises me. And Peter McCormack is such a good journalist. I love him as an interviewer. And, you know, we've heard so much about Bitcoin from him and uh, his like previous um, career in journalism. And when I hear he's doing a show about Britney Spears, it's just hard for me to imagine because like my head doesn't go to the whole capital control thing my hand goes to oh is he gonna cover her acting career and her music that's so strange i mean it must be good because you know
1: he could have also been pitched this idea he could have been the producer of it like who knows like right you know i think that we'll see though it's kind of interesting
0: Mm, that's true have you thought of one person (laughs) that you wanted to that if you could orange pill anyone who would it be
1: Man. Who would it be? (laughs) I think, I think like I would just, I don't know, actually. I don't really have any, anyone off the top of my head. I'm trying to think like who's important to Orangeville. But honestly, it might just be the people of my past.
2: Yeah, like honestly, just like a friend of yours that that you always harp on to to buy Bitcoin. Like I've I've got a couple of friends I know of that I could that just I'd so dis- desperately want them to see it because I know that it fits with them. They just need to like click in that Do really it. specific way, um, but they haven't heard the right sequence of words yet. You know what I mean?
1: Mm.
2: And then yeah, I just want
1: everyone yeah. to have Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want the world to be orange. I want yeah for sure the network effect let's just keep it guys every one of you counts you all count to me
2: (laughs) what about someone like vladimir putin like what if you picked like a nice political figure like not not i don't mean nice as in kind i don't know if putin is a nice individual or not but like obama biden like uh, think political or like celebrity like johnny depp i don't know
1: that's what I was trying to think. I'm like, who's in who could like really kind of be an ambassador of Bitcoin. That's what I was thinking of. I don't know who that person is, but definitely someone like that is like my opportunity. You know, I was thinking of Dave Chappelle.
2: Yeah, that'd be wicked. He lives in Austin, doesn't he?
1: You know what? I don't know if he lives here. I know that he comes here often. I think him and his wife live in Oklahoma, but um, that's not too far
0: from here. So he drives (laughs) down sometimes. Is Dave Chappelle the comedian? Yeah. From Breaking Bad? No. Okay, never mind. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, no, was... that's that's Bill Burr. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, whoops. I need okay, never mind. I don't know this comedian. Um well speaking of politics, sorry, I just wanted to bring this up real quick because um like I'm not super politically inclined, I never have been, uh, and I've never paid attention to politics in any particular region as of as of recently, just starting to. So with respect to the narrative that you may have heard, um, you know, Bitcoin being trying to politicize as a libertarian philosophy or a Mm. conservative philosophy, like, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I think that speak to your point, though, I
1: feel like I feel like I've kind of known what's going on, but I haven't really participated very much politically. And what I've found is that understanding and learning more about Bitcoin, I'm also kind of following different trends and understanding of what's going on in politics, and that to me is also like a new awareness for me. I actually really appreciate and like, you know, to be well informed. Um, is is has been like really exciting. I think before I was like living in this bubble of running this agency and just like loving my life on all different fronts, except for like being an informed citizen of the United States, you know? And so during COVID, I've I've done a lot of, you know, learning and research when it comes to um I haven't heard of Bitcoin being one way or the other. Not at this stage at least.
0: Yeah, well I, I think that I just fall down to the conclusion that Bitcoin is Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin doesn't care whether you're Um, leaning left leaning or right leaning or whatever (laughs) if bitcoin just always going to be bitcoin and i i I find it so strange that um people always trying to label it and categorize it put in the box and put it in a box for something that is relatable i guess that makes sense but politically i just find that so interesting
1: yeah i don't know i don't have an opinion there
0: yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And um, so I just wanted to ask you like one last thing about economics. And then there's one last question that we asked before we wrap up. <laughs> and uh, You said that when you started learning about money and Bitcoin, um, you started learning more about economics. So for an average Jane and Joe, people that don't have the time to, you know, sit down and learn about Bitcoin, um, what would be like um, a two minute not rant, but two-minute introduction you could give to them as to why they need to care about the economics of money.
1: Why they would need to care about the economics of money. Or, um,
0: Or, well... Hmm. <laughs> you can also put. Uh, it's more so like what your spin on this is too, right? Because what led you to want to learn about economics? Because you know, Bitcoin's Bitcoin, and then you were inspired to learn about money and economics. So, like, what about it is something that you, from your experience, have learned that could be something that people would love to know about? Well, I think um you know when
1: I think this idea that we went from being able to physically carry. Right, carry, transfer, and verify our money with our own eyes. You know, just like understanding money in general. Like, why is Bitcoin this? Why is how is Bitcoinness back to a place where it's person to person in nature, but it's in digital form, right? Because back in the day when I was in high school or middle school, I had a lemonade lemonade stand, and I could sell a lemonade for a dollar and i could i didn't have to trust the person buying it because i could see the dollar right so there was there was no trust there it didn't it didn't matter you know back back then we were able to physically carry our money with us we were able to give it to somebody else and we we're able to like verify it with our own eyes and i think um you know Now we've kind of moved away, you know, 20, 30 years later and everything's digital, right? So we're watching numbers on a screen being stored and verified by a third party who controls it. We're literally just giving over this power and ultimately our our sovereignty to a third party person like Bitcoin. that's That's what Bitcoin has helped me realize is that Bitcoin is actually the solution for going back to that that very, like, hey, you have a dollar, like, thank you, my lemonade, that trust, but it's digital. So we can still do it across borders. Um, You know, whereas right now, we've just allowed third parties, banks, governments and institutions to do that for us. And I think, um, like, really understanding the economic framework from when until now has really helped me understand why Bitcoin is so necessary and needed
0: is amazing <laughs> thank you for that that is such also like a, a quintessential example with the lemonade stand because I, I feel like a lot people everywhere in the world like families everywhere in the world
2: have had lemonade it, stands before in their life
0: yeah or like the idea because <laughs> my dad and I wanted to do a lemonade stand in Pune and Keegan you've done one
2: I have yeah true it was quite successful <laughs> it was a good enterprise <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you know you probably have gone through or did you have a lemonade stand when you were younger I did.
1: Yeah, I did. I had, I had a few businesses when I was younger and I started to think like, how can I really help people understand Bitcoin from a perspective of like being young and just being able to like handle money ourselves because it's been so long, right? Like we don't, we, we rely on digital transactions now, so we don't really ever have money. Yeah, for sure. Physical money, should I say.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I really love that analogy. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think that a lot of our audiences will also um be able to relate with the with that entire notion of, oh, I should be able to directly send money to somebody in Australia if I live in Canada, selling them a virtual lemonade, maybe. <laughs>
2: <laughs> lemonade NFT. or
0: anything. I or I mean or anything, you know, like
1: just that whole that that idea that there's trust there. I don't need to trust you because I can see my money. Now we can't see the person, you know, in, in, um, China buying our lipstick and we don't know if we can trust that their money is real. So that's why we have the, the banks and the visa cards, you know, the credit cards to like verify and be that trusted third party to make sure that they have money. And if they don't then someone needs to pay us. Or or vice versa, you know. So I think that Bitcoin gets rid of that
0: third party and still makes it so that we can trust one another. For sure. I wonder if there's going to be some sort of phrase that comes out of this because, like, I've I've heard this so many times in movies and regular phrases. It's banking on us. So like, I'm banking on you. Um, I remember if like someone's having a competition, like someone has said that to me once because they thought I was going to win. They said to me, "I'm banking on you," and. That level of trust that is sewn into our phraseology is, is wow. you know, awesome. Yeah, trust, trust and banking bank.
2: are one and the same thing in, in a sense, but now there's this misalignment that's uh, kind of staring us in the face uh, and we can yeah. reconcile that now today.
0: I'm bitcoining on you. No, <laughs> just
2: kidding. I love it.
0: I guess that's where the don't trust verify comes in. Yeah, because like you don't need to trust you That was in resonating in my
2: brain the entire time you are telling that story. Yeah. Yeah. No.
1: Yeah. Hmm. With time, with time,
0: with time, <laughs> certainly. Okay, so if there was one thing in your lifetime that you wanted to see come true, what would it be? This can be Bitcoin related or just like something completely different.
1: Hmm. <laughs> One thing in my life that would
2: come true. <laughs> Roger, you usually phrase that like one radical idea.
0: Oh, thanks. What's one <laughs> radical idea that you want to see have happened in your lifetime?
1: Um, that I die of old age and perfect help and happily in my sleep, my son at my door.
2: <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah.
1: That is like my freaking north star. <laughs> yeah,
2: the reason why I like that is because I actually like I sometimes suffer some suffer from some pessimism about the future of our earth. And like whether or not we're actually like our age, people our age are going to be able to, to die peacefully. It's kind of a morbid way to, uh, to end this whole conversation, but <laughs> it, it, it's so real the way that you just put that and like the kind of emotions it makes me feel. It's like, yeah, okay. It's a real possibility that we might not get out of this uh, alive, so to speak, but... Um, and
0: it's funny that that's the radical idea, but right. it's so true because that is...
2: That shouldn't be a, a radical, radical idea. idea. You know, in
0: the future, being uncertain. Yeah, no, it shouldn't be
1: a radical idea, and I think that like if anything can can be, if anything will happen in my life, like I, that would be the one that I'd want to happen, you know? Like health, health to me is like very important, and so I've seen what it can do to people and how it makes them feel, and that to me is a little frightening. So yeah, I, I look toward what I want, which is like. <laughs> long life you know passed away in my sleep with my family around me and I think I've also seen that you know my great grandma died that way we were all there we all got to like love on her and that night she knew she knew it was happening so she called everyone the whole family okay. gathered she was super old like 109 and she just what? knew that she was wow. going yeah <laughs>
2: that's epic
1: so I know in my head I'm like that's a beautiful mm. way to like leave this
0: earth like I want that so badly <laughs> oh that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. With
2: yeah, that was real.
0: Yeah. Well, everyone, you know where to find Bitcoin Frankie. You can find her on Twitter, and Facebook, and Clubhouse, and on Instagram. Go follow her channel, Bitcoin Besties.
2: Um Bitcoin as well.
0: Yeah, that's true
1: yeah we currently don't do not have a website. so the, oh. the ultimate goal with Bitcoin Besties is that we become a creative a creative content agency for Bitcoin companies. and uh, we' we're, cr- we're creating one our community of women because I, I do want it to be a place where we can highlight other women. but it's just one of the pieces to like the mini media empire that I want to create um, in Bitcoin.
0: Hey, sometime it could be a mega media, <laughs> media empire. I'm, I'm group, you go yeah mm, mm. i'm bitcoin like on that <laughs> <laughs> amazing well thank you so much frankie for joining us and sharing your wonderful story with us and this is a great chat and i i'm pretty sure our audience is gonna love it so thank you um, once again yeah thank you guys so fun go full crypto yeah <laughs> <laughs> bye see you later thanks everyone for joining in